Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in collaboration with friends of the podcast, the state of Vermont. Now, earlier this year, we heard from Dan Youngs, the CFO at Lancaster County Solid Waste Management Authority, who formed a Vermont captive at the beginning of 2021. If you missed that episode, there is a link to it in the episode show notes or you can listen on Vermont's Friend of the Podcast page on the globalcaptivepodcast.com website. That in itself was a fantastic story about a new captive owner. I am delighted that we are about to tell you another one. As Sandy Bigglestone, Director of Captive Insurance in Vermont, outlines in a moment, the state is on track for another excellent year in terms of new license numbers, and one of those new captives formed is owned by Kachima USA. And this episode is primarily about the story behind that. Mike Brown of Kojima will be providing a captive owner perspective while Edward Precourt, Managing Director of Marsh Captive Solutions in Vermont, provides additional insight as the captive manager involved. But we do start by discussing the formation activity in Vermont so far this year. So, Sandy, we know that 2020 was a real exceptional year for new captive formations in Vermont. Uh, The big question is, and I know we'll get the full answer in January, I imagine, but how is 2021 shaping up so far? Thanks, Richard. Um, It's shaping up nicely. Uh, We've been quite busy. As of the quarter ended September 30th, we licensed 37 new captives um, for the year, bringing our total licensed captives to 1,234 of which 620 are active. We have also had a lot of activity with respect to cell formations, which we don't count in our licensing numbers. Cells are currently up to 435 total. So this sort of growth will continue Vermont's trajectory as a global leader. So far in October, we've already licensed four new captives, have a handful of applications in process, and we're still holding new business meetings with prospective captive owners. So business has been really great, a little busier for us than in the past years, but Vermont certainly has the resources and expertise to handle the growth. At the rate we're going, uh, we're definitely going to surpass last year's licensing total of 38 Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, to surpass it as well uh, is really exciting. And just so listeners uh, are aware, Sandy said there that four captives formed in October as we record, and we're recording on the 26th of October. So yeah, going great guns and uh, good to hear. Sandy, also great to hear about this, this continued cell growth in Vermont as well. How, how much variety in, in, the, in the captive formations is there in terms of types, geography and sectors? Yeah, so um, both for licensing and cell business, um, we have quite a variety still happening. However, healthcare and manufacturing still lead the top industry sectors represented in Vermont captives and cells. We also have a fair spread of captives from other industry sectors like transportation, agriculture, energy, technology, retail, education, professional service, and insurance, just to name some of the ones that we're we're seeing. The types of captives being formed are primarily pure or single parent type captives. For the quarter ending September 30th, 2021, we licensed 25 pure captives. However, we have had seven formations for sponsored cell type captives. So another growth area there. And that trend is continuing from prior years. Uh, We also had a few group captives and an agency captive that we formed. 
geography has been interesting, mostly because we've always attracted businesses who are multinational. This trend is still occurring. We know that the commercial market is challenging everywhere, and our captives provide solutions for domestic risks international risks, or both. All the captives formed in 2021 have direct ownership consisting of U.S. companies, but affiliations and ultimate parents outside of the U.S. Thanks, Sandy. And um, you, you touched there on, on the hard market and some of the latest indications are that that's not going to end anytime soon. Ed, it'll be great to hear from you. Is it simply the insurance market conditions, do you think, which is driving most of this quite exceptional captive growth? Or is, it, or is there more to it than that? Um, the market is the insurance market is definitely driving the vast majority of it um, on that particular front. I, you know, if you look at the property and the excess markets, the trajectory, the the coverages that exist um, in terms of the ability uh, to place as much as you would like to place in the market um, is down. So you know that's an issue, and the pricing is certainly an issue. Um, so those two markets alone are pretty significant. I think people that have been thinking about captives have kind of opted to form. We're, we're definitely seeing a, a huge spike in terms of um, formations. I think we were over 100 in 2020 uh, for our group. And, and for 2021, it looks like we're trending on that same path in terms of formation. So, you know, capacity and the pricing has kind of put people into that as a, as a piece. Um, it's definitely challenging. It's definitely an issue. And uh, and I agree, I don't necessarily see it changing over the next several months. Thanks, Ed. And we did have Ellen Charnley from Marsh Capture Solutions on GCP59 just uh, a week, a couple of weeks ago, talking about those, those very issues there. Let's bring in our, our captive uh, owner guest uh, of, of the episode. Um, always great to have captive captive owners on. Mike, you're, you're my favorite type of guest. So before we get into the, the captive that you formed this year in Vermont, could you uh, begin by telling us a little bit about Kojima USA as a company. Sure, Rich. Thanks. And thanks for having me on. Uh, our group here in the U.S. is made up of uh, six construction companies, five development companies. We've been active here in the U.S. since the early 60s, so well over 50 years now. These companies operate nationally. Some of them were developed organically. Some of them were part of a wonderful acquisition program. All of them have rigorous safety and loss prevention programs. You know, that's kind of part of the material of social responsibility, particularly in the construction space. And uh, so uh, as a result, of that, we've got a great loss history, and that's what's made it possible for us to form this single parent captive. Yeah, so Mike, uh, can you tell us, can you tell us a, little, a little bit about the captive that you formed in Vermont, and, and how did you come to the decision that that was the right way to go? It's uh, it's a single parent uh, captive that's. Uh, primarily intended to serve this group of companies that I just described. Uh, for years now, this uh, safety and loss prevention program that I've talked that I've talked about has paid off in a very favorable loss history. But the commercial insurance marketplace will only reward you so much. They never really want to fully reward you for the loss history that you achieve. And as a result of that, we uh, were missing some savings. So we formed this captive in, in July of this year so that we could bring some of the profitability back in. We understand that the insurance uh, underwriters have constraints. We understand that underwriting profit, of course, is a big objective of theirs. But we're able to bring this uh, same coverage 
coverage and actually better coverage in some cases to our constituent operating companies through this captive for a much lower price and uh, with a good deal more flexibility. Yeah, so on that flexibility, Mike, what do you think it's going to give uh, yourself as, as the risk insurance manager, the operating companies with regards insurance and risk financing? Well, some things meet the eye immediately. I think the uh, coverage flexibility, flexibility in terms is the first thing that comes to mind for me, Rich. The ability to avoid troublesome exclusions and so forth. Uh, The competitive advantage that it gives the group operating companies will allow them to pursue projects that they might not have been able to pursue in the past. We'll have a more direct influence in the claims handling uh, procedures. Uh, I think there's a lot of possibilities in terms of flexibility. So you, you told us uh, kind of how you're going to be using the captive from inception, and it seems like you've got a pretty good hold on, on what you want to do. Do you think that there'll be other lines the captive could be useful for in the future? You, are you already considering how, how else it could be used? Well, we think so, uh, for sure. Right now, we're starting out with the general liability, the automobile insurance, and the workers' compensation. And once we begin the process and are comfortable with the operation of the captive, there are other lines that we would think about adding, for sure. We already have been discussing it, so I think so. Lastly, Mike, in terms of choosing a domicile, we know, obviously, that uh, there's, there's, there's lots of uh, states now onshore in the United States who, who can regulate and, and license captives. Why was it ultimately, uh, how, how did you go about choosing and why, why did you ultimately land on Vermont? Well, we wanted to locate in the United States for sure. Our original list, we probably had about 20 potential states on our original list. We vetted those potential domiciles, I think worked the list down to about six states that we interviewed uh, virtually. And uh, probably about three of those uh, turned out to be states that we felt like could fit our operation and would, would be a cultural fit with our company, And uh, but none better than Vermont. One of the things that we were looking for was a, a group of, of regulators that had a productive look at bringing new captive business into their uh, state. Naturally, we, we wanted to be wanted. We're bringing our business to the state. Some of the same people that uh, are at the top of the, uh, of the regulatory body there in Vermont were the same ones that joined our interview. They didn't pass that off to someone else. Sandy, for example, was there on the call personally, as were some of her uh, colleagues in, in the management of the uh, regulatory body there. And we felt wanted. We felt like that uh, it's a, a fair uh, regulatory structure and that they're forward looking. So we we very happy that we uh, located there. Another thing uh, to, to be aware of is we've also been able to surround ourselves with a top tier group of other service providers like Marsh Captive Solutions and uh, Edge Group and uh, other service providers all right there in the state of Vermont. It's, we're very happy. Yeah, I'm. I'm always uh, always love when I get to do when I do get to visit Burlington. And unfortunately, it's been a long time since I've been able to be over there. It's always good to see just the, the kind of breadth of different service providers, which are all on the same street almost that can provide those services. I'll, I'll ask both Ed and Sandy, but I'll come to Ed first on this question. Ed, what what was it about Mike and Kojima and the structure which made them a, a good fit for a captive? Do you think? And I do think it's a it's a great fit as far as uh, Kuchima and um, and Vermont. Um, you know, you you want people that are active in the risk management space, right? It's not so much that I would say it's a negative to have some sort of a tax advantage, but you really want it driven by risk, better managing of risk, and and you know, I think they have a really good history in terms of their 
uh, space. Um, you know, you certainly want to be better than average in terms of if you're forming your own captive um, on that particular front. And Kojima definitely fits the bill for me for that. I think having Kojima approach us and, you know, this will echo much of what Mike and Ed already said, but it was clear from the beginning that, you know, I think it was Mike and his team expressed that they wanted to be wanted. Um, and we were very excited about the program because it met our mission for attracting quality programs for the right reasons for risk management and risk financing. Again, some of what was expressed from the beginning when we first started corresponding with Mike and his team was exactly what we like to to see uh, come into Vermont. And, you know, I'll say that Kojima was exceptional to work with. Their team was interested and engaged and educated themselves about Vermont's captive laws and all of our regulatory requirements. They really did their due diligence, asked us questions that demonstrated their commitment to making all the right decisions in their process to form the captive. When we first corresponded with Kojima and and met with Mike and his team, we absolutely knew they would be a good fit for Vermont. You know, a little bit more that might echo some of what was already said, but their business and their insurance problem made them a good fit for a captive. Uh, we quickly recognize that compliance, governance, and reputable service providers were priorities in Kojima's process to establish a captive operation. Also, their long-term view of risk management and current strategy for alleviating cost to Kojima's subsidiaries serves an excellent captive purpose. The company will definitely enjoy the flexibility provided by the captive for future insurance program renewals. So I look forward to working with them on any changes that they desire to make. The last reason I guess I'll mention relates to Kojima's approach to risk management. As Mike and Ed already alluded to, I definitely agree that the captive will most certainly complement Kojima's good performance with safety and loss prevention measures. You know, the responsiveness, I think, is another part that, you know, Mike and his team, I think, were, you know, very responsive in terms of that as a particular piece. And you, you do want somebody kind of engaged. You want somebody who's who's willing to, you know, understand the, you know, the fact that it is a licensed regulated insurance company, but you want somebody who really is responsive. And I thought Mike and his team did a great job of that when, when we were going through and, you know, building the application and, and as we were going through getting licensed and incorporated and everything else. So, you know, that's a definite great fit, I would say. Ed, that's a really good point. Um, because of what we anticipated to to be what was a clean and, and very well put together application. There was a little bit of, of fighting internally about who would actually do the application. <laughs> so I thought that <laughs> because we knew it would be very well put together and any questions that we might have would be answered promptly because they are so responsive. Sadly, you're telling me that you don't fight over every single application that comes into the uh, into the department. Not usually, but they are <laughs> <laughs> there. We do have a process that quickly, you know, will iron out any issues that we might have or additional information that we need. So everybody is really great to work with. Um, so, Mike, uh, you're, you should be blushing there with the, the, the praise that you're getting from Sandy and Ed. But it sounds like you are a model client in that regard and a model applicant, a captive applicant. So. 
having been through this process and, and received five five stars from all involved, what, what what kind of advice would you have for for companies that are perhaps at the start of this journey that you've been on or, or trying to decide if a captive is, is the right thing for them? Well, that uh, sounds like a great uh, report then on my input, but I can tell you none of it would have happened without uh, Sandy and Ed and their teams. Probably the first thing I would think to mention and this probably comes as no surprise, is make sure your safety and loss prevention program, uh, that, that your safety and loss prevention house is in order. That's what makes these captives possible. And that's the starting place if you don't already have that in place. And if you don't already have the commitment of, of management from the top down like we have here, then you're going to need that too. You need a good sponsor, a sponsor in your company that's committed to seeing this thing happen. Uh, I've been committed to it for a couple of years. I've uh, lived and breathed it for a couple of years. So you need a committed sponsor in your company. You need to start early. You need to dot the I's and cross the T's, be detailed. And you uh, need to engage quality consultants early in the process. So that would be my uh, advice to anyone that's thinking about doing this. And uh, as I said earlier, and this is maybe uh, a little bit off the topic again, but this uh, it started out now with only the three lines. We could add lines earlier or later, rather, but we do have a lot of valued partners in the commercial insurance marketplace. So they'll continue to be part of our program too, just like they are now. So thank you to Sandy Bigglestone of the State of Vermont, Ed Precourt from Marsh Captive Solutions, and especially Mike Brown for telling us Kojima USA's captive formation story. If you would like further information on our guests or the previous episodes featuring guests from the state of Vermont, then please do visit the globalcaptivepodcast.com website. And if you are new to the Global Captive Podcast and liked what you heard and found it valuable, then do make sure you are subscribed or following us on on any podcast app of your choice we're on all the big ones apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud Castbox, many many more and you can also ask alexa to play global captive podcast and she will do so but in the meantime stay safe stay well and see you next time captives mm-hmm.